What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Re Up Podcast. With me today is my co-host, as always, Hector, aka 61. Today we have a very special Yo. guest with us, joining us live on Zoom. This talented young man is not only a viral sensation, only 500,000 plus subscribers on YouTube, but he's also a comedian, a fitness, a fitness guru, and also a huge entrepreneur. He owns his own clothing line and do-rag line called Jew Rags, straight from the Garden State. We're lucky to have him with us today. Give us a warm welcome to Josiah Stewart, aka Juvier. What's going on, man? Who are you? Yeah. You know, I appreciate it. First on, first off, and first um foremost, I gotta say congratulations on my boy had 60k on Instagram. The yeah, big deal, huge. people making moves. Appreciate, appreciate getting up there, man. Been grinding for a while. It's good to see it paying off and stuff like that. Definitely. Absolutely. So your whole brand is pretty much centered around interacting with many people, and um, but a lot of that interaction has kind of changed for the whole world due to this whole COVID nineteen situation. How have you personally adjusted to dealing with the pandemic? Um, personally, um, honestly, what, what I do, I mean, a lot of people like the public interviews, we have to go out to the mall and actually interact face to face with people. What I do, it hasn't really affected it much because most of the things I do is online. So like if I'm on the monkey app or whatever, I'm doing it online. So I never really have to see people. So honestly, if I'm being really honest, it hasn't really affected me that much as far as my work. Um, any of my work, none of my businesses have been affected that much. Um, my YouTube videos, nothing has really been affected that much. The only thing that has been affected is that more now, which has driven my views to go up. But that's a plus sign. So this whole pandemic, me personally, it hasn't affected that much as far as my work wise. Right. Do you ever do, do you ever get jokes like from from friends? Like, bro, do you ever go outside? Because it seems like you're always working. Honestly, um, yeah, all the time. They like, bro, I get outside. So I'm like, I get outside, but I'm I'm inside. I'm I'm doing my work. I'm getting my stuff done. But I still make time to go out and do what I got to do. I'm just not gonna waste all my time outside just to chill with random people. You feel me? Twenty four seven focused. Nah, definitely. Do you feel like you're you're in a perfect type of business because this is kind of like recession proof or like pandemic proof to the point where you're always doing stuff inside. You're always like um sending out um vlogs, workout videos. Um, sending out your, your merchandise that can all be done from a computer as long as you have um, Wi-Fi. So do you feel like you have the perfect career for the most part? Honestly, yeah. I was saying this before. Um, you said the word pandemic proof or recession proof. Like the type of industry I'm in, um, well, with the YouTube part of it. Um, well, everybody else can't go to work. And I've said this before. And my parents have said this multiple people. I'm like, I feel bad. Because you know, jobs, I can't pay for stuff. And I'm here making more money than I did. It's You said the right terminology. It's kind of pandemic proof just um, for the fact that I don't have to go out with other people or interact with other people. Um, You actually started um, when you were talking to us um, from the get-go. You were talking to us about you actually were homeschooled from the jump. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? A little back, a little backstory. It sucks. Um, <laughs> being homeschooled sucks. Everybody, you know, when you're a kid, I was the same way. I was, I got how old it was when my parents took me out. You always hear about kids. I was homeschooled. You'd be like, oh my God, they got the got good life. They get to stay home. They don't got to wake up early, all this stuff. Homeschooling, honestly, I can't tell you guys why my parents is homeschooled or why they took us out of school, honestly. Um, it's probably because they didn't like the, the schools around here, but schools around here are not bad, but whatever. So, yeah, I was taken out of school. I just started first grade. And my parents were like, oh, you guys want to be homeschooled? Because I'm one of nine kids. I'm oh, okay. It was like, um, you guys want to be homeschooled? It was like, yeah, yeah, of course we want to be homeschooled. We don't got to go out. But then you realize as you get older, uh, especially during like the high school years where you're sitting home all day, you're not really going out. It, it's pretty boring. I'm not going to hold you. But um, I, mean, I don't really regret it at this point in my life because then you realize how many, how much drama and how much like fake stuff you go through in high school. Um, right. I, I kind of got to dodge that, but then... I missed out on some of the good times too, but hey. Do your parents, have, do your parents you have a background in um, education or anything like that? Or they just kind of like took a curriculum and taught you the best that you could? That they could? Um, basically, my mom teaches from books. My aunt is a teacher. So my aunt would kind of help with the curriculum or whatever like that. Okay. Um, and my other aunt is a math tutor. So my other aunt would teach us math. She taught us math from first grade level all the way to, um, what, I went all the way up to the second version of calculus or something like that. Um, it was hard, but don't. <laughs> you know, I can imagine. But I hear that. Um, so then my mom had like other books for social studies, um, science, all that other stuff. Gotcha. Um, I was gonna also ask. Um, 
being that you were homeschooled, what in a sense, um, you and your sibling, would would you say naturally that that also made you guys a tight knit group? You know, kind of almost like relying on each other in a sense. I mean, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, we were always close before that because, especially since it's so much of us, because right, things, right, living in the house, you're bound to run into each other and always be interacting with each other. Um, and then plus you're homeschooled, so you don't really have other people. Well, when we were younger, especially, you could even go out and stuff like that. With each right. Other. So um, our entertainment all came from our family. So we kind of got uh, real close. We're still pretty close to today. Uh, so yeah. Okay, so. Um, Bouvier, you're a YouTuber, so being behind the camera is nothing new to you. It comes natural at the same time. You built your fan base off of it. So is interviewing through um the screen, is it weird or awkward for you in any type of way, like having an interview like this? Or are you more of the type of like interactive, like I'd like to meet you, meet you face to face? I was homeschooled. People say homeschooled people are like, um, whatever but me personally i'm a very outgoing person i love talking to people that's why like um public interviews like the money gap and uh, like even yeah. this like it's just, it's just easiest to talk to people and i love talking to people, new people um so yeah it's not any different it's basically the same for me how, also, how'd you also, go about um first getting on youtube because you like you said you've always had that outgoing personality does that kind of add to why you went to youtube because you had that so much personality and charisma that it would work on camera um honestly when I first started YouTube, it was a transformation video for working out. I did a, um, my, before I started working out, I used to watch these one year transformation videos of random people on YouTube. And I was like, when I start working out, I'm, I'm going to make that video. So throughout my whole workout, um, transformation throughout the year, I was taking pictures, videos, all this stuff, just letting them at the end of the day, I'll make that video. I did not want to be a YouTuber. I didn't want to do none of that. But, um, that video, well, in the beginning of the video got me like 300 views on like two months. But then six months later, it blew up. We got like 100, 200, 300, 600K, whatever. So then he was asking for more, more videos. So I started making more. We've interviewed many great guests on our show and on our podcast. And recently, we got a chance to really know a lot about their backstory. So you just explained a little bit about where, um, how you came up and a little bit about um, your life story so far. So tell us just a little bit more about um, where you're from, like um, ethnicity. So your fans out there know a little bit more about Juvia. Okay. Um, well, I'm well, my parents are from Jamaica, right? Um, both my parents were Jamaica, but I was born here. So technically I'm Jamaican, that's what we call it. Jamaican. <laughs> I'm also I'm also a little Jamaican too. So I got you, bro. Talking to girls, I don't see I'm American, I just say I'm Jamaican because they like the Jamaican guy better, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Honestly, like I said, I'm one of nine kids. I'm the third oldest. I live in New Jersey. What else? What else is interesting about me? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing crazy. You just have sixty. You just have sixty k on Instagram. Your YouTube is super popping, and you have your do rag line and everything. Nothing interesting at all. Bro, talk about the silkies real quick. <laughs> uh, the silkies. So um, I can kind of explain how I how I started your do rag business. Um, basically, when I started, I used to have a. a, a Afro thingy, like a curly afro. Then I had braids, then I had all this stuff. When I was younger, I always used to like long hair. I had to have long hair. But then I got sick and tired of having long hair about two years ago. So I cut my hair and I would wear black silkies everywhere. Black silkies, black silkies. Then I went to my cousin's house one day, I believe, and he had like a bunch of different colors of do rags. I was like, there's different colored do rags. So um, I went, when I went back home, I went to the um, new spy store. I got a bunch of different. Um, colored durags or whatever ones I could find. And then um, I was wearing them all the time. And then I kind of got bored of the same six colored durags. So I was like, bro, how can I get more? Then I started looking to different fabrics and everything like that. I used to sell my own durags. And it's how somebody else sold them. And then I started getting some orders. So I had to outsource it. Um, okay. um, mass produce, basically. So yeah, I kind of started from being bored of all the time. And I wanted to Okay. What inspires the type of designs that you um, that you do on do rags, and for your all, all your clothing in general? My clothing really, it's um just like I have king clothing, king queen, basically king drip, king drip. I also have some clothing that has some of the um saying that say on it. Um, and as far as the do rag designs, honestly, it's really anything. Like I could have some, I have some designs that's like caution, risk of drowning, because if you're a waiver. You know, if you take off your do rag, you go drown them. So yeah. I kind of 
that um, waivers will be able to relate to. Like I have a swim at your own risk durag. I have a cause from Mr. John durag. I have a um, durag that says, yes, I'm wavy under it. When people's, because most people, when they see somebody with a durag, they ask, are you really wavy or you just want to yeah. So I made a durag that says, yes, I'm wavy under this. Um, so it's really just a bunch of designs that help you stand out. So it's not regular right durags, it's designs that are made to help you stand out. That's the, what the brand is built around. Right. And um, I'm just curious because I've, I've obviously my, my hairstyle, I mean, my hair type isn't really like that. So I really can't wear durags like that. What type of material do you, um, like, how do you go about mass producing and like actually making the durags? Um, it's 100% silk durags. There's different types of silk. Like, you go to regular beauty supply store, you're probably going to get a um, silk polyester, which is, that's what I first started using. But um, then I have my product. Have a, it's a, you can't really tell right now. It's like a thicker version of yeah. that. Like, right? So it's, it's silk. And the reason why we use silk is because it stops your hair from drying up. Um, just like what's getting popular now is silk pillows, silk pillowcases, like for girls, because if you use cotton, it'll dry your hair up. Um, so that's why we use soap, basically. Gotcha. Definitely makes sense. So everything's, you know, like it's comfortable for your hair. Um, it's definitely like good quality products. So that's something you take very seriously within like your products as well. Yeah, you have to, because if not, um, you can make like, there's been certain designs that I've wanted to do, but I can't do them on soap and do-rags. And they say, oh yeah, you can do it on cotton or on mm-hmm. um, spandex type do-rags, but that would dry out your hair. Going back, um, relaying back a little bit to um, what you were talking about before about your clothing line, Kings and Queens. I also saw that um, it's a message of positivity, honestly. I saw one of your YouTube videos and you were like um, telling um, a lot of the girls that went on with you on the Monkey app, you know, you're a queen or any dude that came up, you're like, you're a king. So what made you relay that message? Because obviously you're a very positive-minded person, but, you know, does it also have to do a little bit with the situation that we're in? Um, yeah, you know, I feel like not even just me in this situation, like the whole world needs more confidence in themselves. Like, um, I'm a very confident person as I am. Like, what I say, I'm my biggest fan. I'm also my worst enemy because I'm my biggest fan because I'm always congratulating myself. I'm always um, just boosting myself up. And I'm also my worst enemy because it keeps me in track um, or keeps me level-minded. If I, um, let's say if I'm doing something I know I shouldn't be doing, I'm the one that'll beat myself up for it. So, so I'll hold myself accountable to it. But um, like I was saying, the whole breath, like, didn't be... Um, they get a lot more confidence. So that's why I'm always like, yeah, you're queen, you're king, you're royalty. You're, don't ever let anybody tell you that you're less than what you are. So even if anybody says anything about you, that doesn't raise who you are and that doesn't lower who you are. No matter any outside thing that's coming from any outside source, it does not affect who you are. So you shouldn't let it affect your mood or anything like that. So I'm really big on um, self-confidence and self... Um, what's the word? Empowerment. It's just like self-ups. Yeah. Right. Because your whole thing, I think your whole brand, it's really interesting because it's all different types of things, right? Like you're kind of like this renaissance type of entrepreneur that a lot of people are doing. It's like all fitness and it's comedy. Then it's like IG stuff, YouTube stuff. But then you also do do-rags and apparel. But all of it kind of ties in together in the sense where everything's kind of like empowered base. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. like a lifestyle, like the physical and also the mental and how you think about yourself. Because again, you could do like I could do all your workouts that you do on, on, you know, on Instagram and on YouTube. But if mentally, if I'm not there, you know, like, you know, thinking good about myself, you know, what's the point of having everything all physically, you know, like physically on point for the most part? So is that, is that, does that kind of like go into like why you're doing this as a collective to pretty much empower people from physical to the mental? Honestly, in the beginning, I can't say I was that smart to know, yeah, all this kind of works together. But, um, recently, well, not recently, probably a couple months ago, I'm kind of starting to think like I'm building all these things around just like self upliftment you know me like i started off with working out and stuff like that but if you work out your whole your whole body could look good um everything like that but if you you're mentally not um 100 so um yeah i feel like my whole to answer your question i do feel like um it kind of plays together throughout the years or throughout the months because i personally when i first started i did not know i would be doing any of this but throughout the months kind of just like started placing together and you can kind of see the connection through it all just like uplifting basically right definitely makes sense does does also um like you put before um being your own would you rather be your own critic like your worst critic or would you rather have people tell you what kind of you have to work better on when it comes to like your youtube content or just in general like what you're promoting um well that's that's a Tricky question. I feel like it has to be a calm balance in between two. Because that's about it. Um, outside motivation or outside criticism won't always be there. 
but you'll always be there. So if you're able to um, hold yourself accountable to a lot of things, um, that's amazing. But at the same time, sometimes you you can't see what somebody from the outside can see. So um, when it comes to people from the outside, you also have to be picky about who you allow to criticize you or whose criticism you allow to take. There's a there's a saying you shouldn't. Um, there's a like what's the saying? Well, basically, what the saying is saying is um, don't take advice from someone who's never been in your position. Basically, yep. so if somebody criticizing you, saying, "Oh yeah." Um, your videos should be like this and like this, and they've never made a video in their life. That's not a credible source. But if the source comes from someone who's um, actually in that field, then you should listen to that. Um, of course, with caution, but you should still listen to outside sources. So it can't just be you only listen to people on the outside, and it can't just be you only listen to yourself or get criticism for yourself. It has to be a calm balance between. Um, that's how I think about it. When you first started, were you getting a lot of criticism from people that, you know, you know, thought that, oh, the YouTube, that's ridiculous. You going on random, like, for, uh, FaceTime with girls and stuff like that. Like, was that ever kind of, like, a hate that kind of came into your, like, that came into your, um, got into your head a little bit? Not really. Well, of course there was, but, like, I kind of said in the beginning of this whole thing, even when I was younger, I never really, like, what people say, like, outside people say, it never really would affect me. So even if I got a bunch of criticism, it's not like that would deter me from doing anything. Like people say, oh yeah, you're trying to make these workout videos, blah, 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 you're not even that big and all this stuff like that. Like that never really affected me. Um, I was actually telling my parents before, I wish I had more haters because everybody's always saying haters are your motivators. And I never really got to experience like having a bunch of haters that like push me on like, oh no, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, I mean, I'm sure I did, but I never really paid attention to them. Right. And then the more I got like in my field, like once I started doing the online virtual uh, chat and stuff like that, I was already deep in my field. So really what anybody said to me um, didn't really affect me. So let's say if somebody's like, oh, you make all these videos talking online to these random girls, you're weird or whatever like that. Like that never really affected me. Right. Are you certified in any type of like, um, any type of like workout type of field? Like, these sort of, like I know you certified trainers get like a whole bunch of um, these acronym um, certifications that I don't know what they mean, but... Have you ever thought about or do you have any currently? I have my certification, my personal trainer certification. I got it about two years ago nice. um, through SSA. Um, so yes, I'm a personal trainer. Um, a lot of people don't even know that. Um, but yes, I'm a certified personal trainer. Um, I used to train people um, in person, a bunch of different gyms. Then I kind of stopped. Um, then I did some online training. I still do some online training now. Um, so yes, to answer your question, I am certified. All right, perfect. Um, do you have that on your Instagram, by the way? Do you have that type of um, like do you have those accolades on your Instagram, or do you just tell people like when you when they hire you up? Um, I don't have any of that on my. Like I said most people don't know. I kind of stopped promoting because online training um is very time consuming, and I didn't want my, all my time to be taken up with online training. I'd rather be able to um just provide the information and people that seek it out enough. I can see, oh, yeah, that person actually serious about this because a lot of people can hit you up and want to um, be trained by you, but not everybody has the discipline to be able to get the results that you know that you have. Right. So you can ask um, who you work with. And you also do a lot of meal plans, right? Because for the most part, it's not just what the exercise that you do in the gym, it's also what you're doing the rest of the, let's say, 12, 16 hours after the gym, which is eating and, you know, like your sleep patterns and everything. So do you always, so you always make custom plans for stuff like that too? Yes, I do do custom workout plans. I do custom meal plans. What people don't understand, um, honestly, change your body, transforming your body is 70% diet, 30% workout. That's what I always say. I don't know if that's a proven fact, but it's a proven fact. It's yeah, literally what you eat, that's how your body will react to the workouts that you're doing. So your workouts is really um, just the, the runner up for your diet or how, what you're eating. What type of diet do you, are you on a specific diet or do you eat certain foods exactly? Like what's your, what does your, um, what does your refrigerator look like? Um, right now my refrigerator is empty, but we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't eat, I stopped eating meat around three years ago. Um, oh, okay. honestly I didn't have a, um, like I wasn't like, Oh, meat isn't good for you. Like it was literally a challenge. So I was like, Oh, you want to do it for two weeks? And I was like, sure. I did it for two weeks. Then I forgot and it kind of got to a month. And somebody DM me on Instagram and he was like, oh, I bet you won't go for six months. And I was like, you want to bet? For six months, I was like, I was at six months and I, I was like, I might as well go for a year. So I went for a year. I kind of just never started again. 
Um, it's been three years since that happened. I don't know what's wrong with me. I really don't crave right now. Um, but I just, I recently started eating fish again, maybe six months ago. Okay. So right now my multi consists of, um, cards and beans, a lot of beans, a lot of different types of bees, chickpeas, all that type of stuff, and occasionally some fish. So I think you would classify that as pescatarian. Right. Believe. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you, like, what do you fall? Because at first, before you mentioned fish, probably I was like, all right, he's vegan. But then I know, like, he's vegetarian. But then you mentioned fish. So I was like, probably pescatarian. So you definitely yeah. classify yourself as pescatarian. Yes, basically. Is it is it hard um cutting out meat? Well, like, you know, I guess like meat, beef, and chicken and stuff like that. Is it like, how hard is it? Compared to what everyone else really says. Honestly, no. I don't crave it. Like, once I stopped eating it, um, I haven't craved it in a long time. The only time I'll crave meat is if I'm, um, like, if I went out to the, a restaurant and all my friends were in chicken wings or something like that. And I'll crave it, but I still won't eat it. I really have not touched a piece of meat. Yeah, like some people cheat and it's like, yeah, they eat a, a little piece and they say they're still... Uh, vegetarian or whatever. Like I've li- I've literally not eaten one single piece, so it's not hard. After a while, I don't really crave that much. I craved fish. That's why I went back to fish. But um, I don't crave chicken. I don't crave beef. And I never, when I was younger, I never ate beef. Um, I don't think I've ever had a burger. I never really? had. Steak. Never had. I accidentally had bacon one time. It was the best thing I tasted. Say that it's hard for you to um go ahead and kind of like resist any of the fat foods, you know, like any of the junk food in general, because, you know, you have like this solid fitness plan. Usually trainers like yourself and a lot of um, great trainers, they have a, a good plan where they resist and they tell their clients, this is the food you have to avoid. These are the things you have to do. So is it hard for you to kind of resist any of those foods or like temptations to drift that way? Um, no, not really. I have more of like a flexible diet. Like I personally don't crave much snacks all the time. I won't buy snacks. My parents don't buy snacks that much. So even if you do crave it, nobody craves it enough to go out to the store and just buy a bag of chips most of the time. Right. Um, and also something else is the level of discipline. Um, I told this to many people, especially like my um, clients when I work with them. When you're working out, one of the best things you get from working out is not a good body, not a healthy body. It's the discipline that you get while working. Because you have to have a high level of discipline to work out consistently over a long period of time to see results. And that discipline that you get from working out is the same discipline you can use in work, business, relationship. It's that, that level of discipline. It's so valuable. And you, um, most, well, a lot of people are going to achieve it. It's most of the time, like most gyms, especially the bigger dudes that's like consistently working out, they have some type of money because they have the discipline from working out all these years. They've been disciplined themselves to, if they're been disciplined themselves to bench 225, three sets of freaking 50, three days a week, um, they can still have that. They can have that. They can use that same discipline in their workspace to help um, most gyms start businesses and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, to go back to your question, the discipline I've achieved from working out consistently to change my body, um, I'm able to stop myself from eating any snacks if I want to. I mean, of course, sometimes if I'm watching a movie or something like that, I'll get some sun chips or something like that. Um, but that's really it. Does that discipline of um, that strict diet kind of come from your parents, from your family, from a young age? It sounds like they're really healthy even before you made the decision to be a pescatarian. Yeah, but kind of. Like, we grew up... Um, like, I don't think I ever ate chicken until I was, like, 13 or 14. Um, well, I probably ate chicken when I was younger, but then after probably age three, we stopped eating chicken. We were only turkey. So my parents are very health conscious. Um, so I guess you could say it did. Right. The upbringing of it has helped um, me have a healthier lifestyle. Mine are also, um, I know my, my parents, like, they avoid salt and, and a lot of foods, like, crazy. And they always tell us, like, cut down on the soda and, you know, drink more water. Luckily, though, enough, growing up, because of my dad, I was always a water person. So, you know, the one thing I would say I have to um, work on is, is hitting you up for a workout, bro. One of those workout sessions because um, my ass is too skinny and I got to get my bulk up. You feel me? Got to get my weight up. Yes, <laughs> I got you. Has Gymshark or any of, of other of these, um, kind of like these uh, fitness brands, have they hit you up for partnerships? Um, yeah, a couple of brands have hit me up for partnerships. Um, me personally, um, I don't really like to be um, sponsored by a bunch of companies. I, before when I first started YouTube, 
anyone had 10, 15K, I would jump at every opportunity. Something like a bunch of different companies. I've had Onyx uh, hit me up. That's a gem coding company. I've had, um, what's the other one? I actually almost took this other one too. I forget the name of it, but it's a pretty big brand. It's owned by, um, I don't know if you know, Christian Guzman. I've heard him before. Yeah, he's kind of like a big Same. Uh, fitness guy, right? Fitness influencer? Um, but I've had them hit me up, but I don't really take sponsorships like that. And a lot of companies, believe it or not, are actually not, they don't want me to do sponsored videos for them. Like, I don't know if you're watching videos. I haven't done sponsored videos in a long time. Um, yeah. Down a lot of sponsorships and companies. I promote G-Rags and my brand so much that um, other companies are kind of hesitant to work with me because just because I promote my stuff, not right. stuff than promote some other companies. It's interesting that you kind of say that because a lot of people would have been like, oh yeah, if Gymshark hits me up, I'm taking that deal ASAP, you know, for the most part, just because everyone kind of wants that foot in the door type of thing. But for you, it's kind of, you already have your, your brand pretty much already all set up. So you, do, you don't really need to rely on those big time companies. Is that something that you would, um for the most part, maybe suggest to up and coming people that, hey, listen, instead of relying on the Gymsharks and Nikes, the ASOs and begging them for a seat at the table. Just make your own seat or make your own table or like create your own type of avenue that you have full control over everything instead of begging for, you know, for handouts, for pennies from big companies who are just going to use you to sell their products. Would you say that's the route you want to go towards? A hundred percent. That's the people. Um, it's, it, instead of begging for a seat at the table, make your own table. Um, that's kind of, I didn't tell us about the direct part, but that's kind of what I did before I made my own directs. I was spending hours daily hitting up these durag brands, like sponsor me, send me some durags and all this stuff. And I think I maybe had like 60K subscribers or something back then. And they weren't paying me any mind. So I was like, dang, that's really crazy. So I started making my own durags. And now my brand is literally competing with these other brands that I begged that I was, well, not really begged, but I was trying to get a part of trying to sponsor by. So um, I kind of learned that lesson. It's better to um, build your own than to work for somebody else to build theirs, basically, or beg, beg to help somebody else build their life. Might as well build your own. Where did that entrepreneurship, um, where did that drive come from? Because even from the beginning of your life, like you never went to, you never went to school, so the whole school structure was never there. And I found it very interesting because um, you have you have immigrant parents. A lot of immigrant parents think the opposite. They think school's the way to go. American schools are the best. You know, if you can go to American college, you know, like, you know, that type of American dream type of scenario that everyone kind of like, it's embedded to everyone's head for a very long time. So was not going to school as a young age, that kind of like already implement the entrepreneurship life? Like, hey, like, I don't need something that was never available to me or was never like kind of like an option for me. Um, well, my dad owns business. Um, he's owned a business since 2000. It's very, um, very good business, very, pretty big business. So, of course, that kind of drove me in the whole level of entrepreneurship. Also, um, my bishop, he's really big on that um, entrepreneurship on your own, not really depending on other people to like make your money. And also, me, per me personally, I can't work for anybody else. Like, just me as an individual, I can't. That's just not who I am. I can't have somebody else. Higher up person telling me, "Oh yeah, you have to do this. You have to do this now." And I also don't like the fact that if you work a regular job, you can only make money from nine to five. Um, I'd yeah. rather be able to make money as long as I want, work as long as I want, work as little as I want. It's really about freedom, honestly. But also with the level of freedom that you have, you also have to have the level of discipline to still be able to outwork the average nine to five worker. Like um, people think, "Oh, you do YouTube, you want all these companies, you can take a break, go on vacation, whatever you want." Technically, I could, but at the same time, you're not, you're not going to be profitable. You have to have that discipline to be able to put in. Instead of a nine to five day, day I have to do an eight to 11 day, like yeah. wake up and work on my business throughout the day, two videos at night, work on my business for the rest of the night. Like it's, it's, um, it's a grind. Yeah, it's, it's a grind. And that goes back to the whole discipline thing because not everybody can do that. Um, but to answer your question, um, the question? I feel like I just don't have the question. <laughs> it's, it's, and I was just pretty much asking like where that whole entrepreneurship, um, where that drive came from. Because it, it seemed like it came from a young age. But you pretty much answered the question because your dad owns a business. Your bishop was always into that. And well, you didn't, you know, you didn't go to school as a kid. Well, you, you were homeschooled. You didn't go to like the, um, the practical public schools that everyone kind of like went to for the most part. 
So you pretty much you pretty much answered the question. Do you also feel like um, right, so having like a black owned business is very important too? Because I know like a lot of minorities also have like through social media have also I've always preached you know buy black, um, buy Hispanic, buy Asian. You know depending on the type of oh, the, the type of minority that you are. So is that also a big thing when it comes to your business? Um, me personally, I would love to support black owned businesses just because. And I, I have, like, sometimes I have emails from customers that's like, oh, you know, I got to support you, black business. Got to, you know, I got to show love to another black business. So I feel like really it's a big thing, um, especially when somebody that's um, of color, somebody that's the same race of them as doing something big, they're automatically, automatically going to want to support that just because they want to see somebody of their own race, somebody of their own ethnicity win in the game. Um, me personally, I, I love to support black owned businesses, but I'm not going to stop doing something else just because, um, it's not black owned, basically what I'm saying. Right. So, so the balance for the most part. Yeah. Right. Cause even for like, for me, for example, like, I, I like wearing clothes and like, or like getting products that are, you know, small business owned for example, like this one, for example, um, this boycott t-shirt, I got it in Medellin, Colombia. Well, I'm Colombian. So for me, it was also pretty much of like, listen, if I'm going to go visit a city or visit the motherland per se. I might as well give it back by at least, um, you know, investing in some businesses or, you know, buying a T-shirt or something like that. Because, you know, the currency is cheaper. Or it's cheaper for us to go over there and buy stuff and for them to come over here and buy stuff for the most part. So that's kind of the least I can do. So that's kind of like where like, the root of the question is coming from. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, even like you were saying, small owned businesses, like I love supporting. Sorry. Um, like if I have friends that start up businesses, I love supporting that. I love um, just giving them. Because, uh, you know, a lot of small-owned businesses, the hardest part is the first year. Because um, the first year, you're not really profitable. You're not... Even if you're making money, like the first year of G-Rags, I could have been making a lot of money, but it was literally all going back into business. So I didn't course, see any yeah. of the money. Of but, course. So the first year for most businesses is always the hardest. Um, and most people give up because of like, all oh, this network. Um, so I try and like help as much as possible. And I'm always encouraging my friends, you know, start start some type of business. Right. It doesn't have to be a business. A lot of females do like I I um the lashes and lip gloss. I'm like, I mean that's cool, but every female does that. I try I'm trying um get them to think outside the box do something different. Like uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about um maybe like a vanity set or something to differentiate differentiate yourself from yeah. every eyelashes and lip gloss. So um I'm really big on supporting small businesses as many like even if I, I have a bunch of stuff that's literally upstairs in my room that I bought small businesses and I, I just wanted to support like I never use other stuff it's just to support because right. they just need that support in the beginning especially so birds are the, so it's the saying that birds are the same feather flock together and obviously if you're in like a type of entrepreneurial space you're not going to really hang around people who are negative or kind of don't think in that same type of space and I see that in your videos you work out with um a lot of the same people whether you're friends and stuff like that so do your friends also go into, um, are also into business and do they also have their own type of brands? What's a mix? Uh, most of the people that I work out with, well, I, I, it'll be my brother. Well, I don't know who he's talking about, but the big lights can do That's my brother. And then okay. his friends, darks can do So I used to work out with him. Um, I used to work out with them too a lot. And I also have another friend. Um, she's, I work out with her too. She's actually in school to be a doctor. So honestly, not really. Like you have to surround yourself with people doing something with their life but for me personally it doesn't have to be the same exact path that i'm in um so like as long as you're stopping, as long as you're not being a bomb like i can't hear your moms that not hit up would be able to um survive their life even paycheck to paycheck for an mcdonald like for the rest of their life um so it's really just being surrounded for me personally being surrounded by people that is as a drive i wanted to know basically who were some of your influences growing up in a sense when it came to kind of like business minded because you're in a sense in the clothing um in the clothing business so we've got um high-ranking people um like virgil abloh now with off-white and then we've got streetwear dudes like ian connor who you know paved their way and they've left their influence so who were people that you would say they don't even have to be famous were a big influence on you when it came to business and entering kind of like the clothing um business um definitely my dad was a big influence off Brit. um my bishop as well huge influences um brother my oldest brother he actually does custom clothing um so basically before i even started to do rags i believe i wanted to do custom brushes he does custom clothing he paints on them um 
and stuff like that is handmade all the time. So I wanted to custom brushes where it's, uh, where you hand paint to them. And that for a little bit, um, I didn't really know how to promote it because I wasn't really. That's back when I didn't have any companies then. But um, yeah, so I'm to answer your question. My biggest influences have to be my dad, my bishop, and my brother. Um, but both my, I have another brother that goes to FIT, it's Fashion uh, University. Um, so he, he kind of helped, I guess. But the whole business part of it, not even just the clothing, just the business part of it is definitely my dad's top one. People have this assumption, um, going back to what you said before, um, oh, he's homeschooled, he's probably living his best life, he doesn't have to do anything. They have this assumption that being a YouTuber is like hitting the lotto. He doesn't have to do anything, they don't have to do anything, and they get rich off just making videos. But how much of a grind is it, and how much tougher is it than people really know behind the scenes? Um, it's It's very... Tough. Even after you so-called make it, I mean, if you start at the beginning, kind of, um, like I wasn't making like if you if you're a YouTuber, um, you get paid monthly, right? And at the end of the month, you have to have past a hundred dollar threshold for to pay money. If you're at ninety nine dollars, you're not going to get paid. Um, so you have to pass a hundred dollar threshold. So the first two years I was doing YouTube, I never passed that threshold. Like I was grinding three videos a week. Three, four videos a week grinding. I got up to maybe, I want to say like 8,000 subscribers or something like that. And um, a lot of people would have quit by then. Like that's really the, the, the thing that people get stuck at. They, they don't see the results they want as fast as they want. But if you keep pushing out, anybody can be on YouTube. If you stay consistent, literally anybody can make it on YouTube with consistency. That's really all it takes. Um, and even after you make it, um, there's, there's so many ups and downs with YouTube's algorithm. Um, like one day you can post a video and it'll completely blow up a million views in two weeks. And you could post another video that was probably better than the first video, but because of the YouTube algorithm, it only gets 20,000 views. So if you're not mentally strong enough to be able to say, oh, dang, this flopped, but I got to keep grinding. I can't stop, even though I, this video didn't do as good as I want. I got to keep grinding. Then you'll get just you'll get depressed. You'll be like, dang, I'm really putting all this work just for my videos out to get views. So um, people don't see that part of it a lot of the times. Um, and also the whole YouTube thing. Me personally, people want the clout and everything like that. I I don't the clout. I don't like the clout, especially the way it makes girls or not even just girls, just anybody around you. You don't know if they're they like you. They're like, so, right, 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 right. Most of the time, like if I meet somebody, I'm living like a double life, like Hannah Montana. Nobody knows. <laughs> I'm Miley Cyrus, everybody. Like I have a whole other Instagram. People I meet on the street don't know who I am. I talk to a girl at the mall. She'll never know who I am unless she asks me to stumble upon YouTube or something like that. Um, so the cow part isn't that cool either. I mean, it's cool when people come up to you and take pictures. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs mentally. Um, physically, the hours that you have to put in to be able to consistently upload. And then also the content, trying to think of different ideas. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's still a great job, honestly. How do you go about, um, cause you're only gonna get bigger. You're only gonna get more famous. There's gonna be more clout, more fame, more attention drawn to you. How are you going to handle that in the future when like, you know, things get really big and really kind of out of control? You guys, like me personally, I have to have a, uh, set circle of people that I know um, was there, especially from the beginning or before even all that I know. These these people are real. So it doesn't matter what happens, they're not going to switch up or anything like that. And also the same thing I said before, especially when I meet new people, I don't tell people about YouTube. I don't tell them about nothing. Um, just kind of just so you, you get to know the person. The person gets to know you before they see the clout and get infused or influenced by the numbers or the person that the the cloud that you have or the money you have or anything like that. So um, to answer your question, I honestly don't know. All I can do is prepare mentally, um, have a strong circle that I know, a circle of people that I know I can trust um, before all that happens, basically. Who's any, um, do you have anybody like in your circle that um, also does a business with you? Like also will like have share responsibilities with the do-rags and share responsibilities with like maybe like engagement on social media or like some, or people even helping you out because it could be a lot to handle, you know, all these, everything that you're juggling out. I mean, I utilize my family. Like, my sister is the one that ships out the packages, do-rags, so I utilize her. My cousin runs my do-rag um, Instagram account. Um, I don't really have any friends. No, I don't, I don't have 
any friends that use or run any of my social media or anything like that. So it's really probably those only two that's directly in my businesses. My cousin, he runs a Durag Instagram page. Um, then my sister, she packages up the Durags. And, um, I, I, of course, have other employees. But those are just employees for different stuff, like manufacturing. Ads. I'm not going to name drop um, anybody, but there are famous YouTubers who actually, they transitioned from YouTube and into the music world. And it, I kind of found it interesting because in a sense, you have to kind of do more than one thing to kind of, in a sense, make it. So would you think of like ever doing that, like transitioning from YouTube into music or anything in general? No, no. I, I, <laughs> I've been joking around about rapping and stuff like that. I don't want to be a rapper, though. Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't want to be a YouTuber in the beginning. But hey, if a record label comes at me with a $10 million deal, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to release a song and I'm going to dip off and never release a song again. But um, no, that's not, I would never go for that. Maybe, maybe, I'm, this is not what I'm pushing for. I don't want this at all. But if like somebody wants to do a TV show or something like that, I I would do it. But that's, that's not what I'd want. I never want to be an actor or anything like that. You're just saying, I mean, you might have a French rock into rapper. I, I can't see myself being a rapper. Um, maybe, maybe some a TV show or a movie or something like that. But that's, have you ever, have you ever been hit up by a wild and out? Like something like that? Oh no! I actually want to go to Wild. I just it's um no, unfortunately not. Tell Nick Cannon to hit me up though when y'all get him on the show. Nah, definitely not. <laughs> we we definitely gonna see you on that show, bro. Yeah, hopefully soon. Oh uh, hey, by the way, I'm actually curious because I'm I'm actually like kind of like not struggling, but I'm looking all over Instagram for like at home workouts because before I was in the gym a lot, but it's kind of a little difficult like transitioning over to like, the the home workout type of lifestyle. What type of home workouts do you do that kind of be, like that kind of keep you still you know pumping up the gains and everything? Of course, just body um, body weight exercises. I mean, me personally, I'm kind of good. I got a whole bench press squat right. Oh, thing my fault. Yeah, nah. So you're you're chilling. You're so I'm myself always in the gym. You can do a lot with that. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I got bells, but um, personally, like I I still do. I don't train legs on my barbell or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of home workouts that you can do honestly with even just um, just your body or even objects that you find on around your house. Like if you, um, it's kind of hard to train biceps with just your body weight. Like I honestly, me personally can't even think of any workout right now to do with just your body weight without any sort of equipment. Yeah. So what I would use is a suitcase. I would fill up a suitcase with, uh, clothes and, you know, you can curl that or whatever. That's what I did before I, like, I wasn't here and I didn't have all these items. Right. So the homework. Honestly, you have to be creative. Um, of course, you have to have standing, so you're doing all bodyweight exercise, push-ups, squats, um, different variations of squats, holding a squat. You have to think when you do, when you don't have any extra weight, you can either do more reps, you can slow down the weight, or you can do pause additions of the workout. So um, at home, you don't have the weights on you, so you might have to do um, sets of 50, I mean, sets of 25, sets of 30. Um, or you can do squats where you go down on a squat and you hold it for 10 seconds and you go back up. It's really just, um, manipulating the different workouts. Um, most of the time you have to add more reps, slow them down or do pause additions of them, but you can genetic, generically do, um, almost all the same workouts at the gym. Same thing with pushups, um, handstand pushups for your shoulders. Um, what else? Uh, close grip pushups for your triceps, kickbacks, or just sitting against the wall. Do some um, kickbacks. You do squat, squats against the wall. Like there's so much yeah, you right. have with your um, with your workouts, and um, you will have no problem. Like there's people that literally do calisthenics all the time. Yeah, they touch weight. It's still huge. They still get big. Yeah. So you definitely see from that. It's definitely still possible to um, see some gains with just calisthenics. Or as a per- I'm sorry. As a personal trainer, um, is it kind of obvious to see now or like does it reveal itself like which trainers are actually phony and which ones are actually know what they're talking about due to the fact that now they have to get creative and now they have to kind of go to like the basic fundamentals of working out? Um, yeah, you can definitely differentiate them now. I mean, before you kind of could too, because um, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. The license or the, the way to get your personal trainer's license, it's ridiculously easy. Like, really? ridiculously easy like you don't have anything you go on there answer a couple questions how many questions you can get so there's a lot of personal trainers out here that are certified but don't know what you're talking about right um and that kind of i always go back to the thing where it's like um 
you can kind of see the fruit of somebody by the, or you you see what kind of uh, tree they are by the fruit that they um, mm-hmm. that they produce. So you go to a personal trainer and he doesn't look like a personal trainer. That's already a red sign. But of course, there's people that do look like they're they don't work out. But if they're um, if you see the way that they do certain movements, you could tell they know what they're doing. But um, a red flag most of the time is that people see somebody that doesn't look like they work out at all. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are being exposed right now for not really knowing that much. A lot of people are trying to do a lot of uh, FaceTime workouts. Um, but I think it's cool. Even like on Instagram Live, there are Instagram Live uh, sessions, like group sessions for workouts. So um, I think a lot of people are thriving through it and a lot of people are realizing these people are fake. So um, yeah, this coronavirus thing has exposed a lot of different things. You have a gym in your um in your basement. Do you still do kind of like um like coronavirus workouts or like quarantine type of workouts that um because you know a lot of people don't have access to like a home gym for the most part. Yeah, um, like I said, I don't on here. Uh, only thing I really would do on my bench is just bench press when I'm bored, just to see how heavy I can go. Right. Um, do calisthenics. I do there's millions of different types of push ups that hit different parts of your chest. Yeah. Um, I push ups is I made a, I think I made a video before a long time ago about different uh, variations of push-ups that hit different parts of your chest. People think that, oh, you just do regular push-ups. Like, there's so many different types of push-ups. There's so many different types of all types of workouts, uh, different types of pull-ups, different types of squats. It's um, So I, to answer your question, I have fun right now, honestly. A lot more fun working out now than I did when I used to go to the gym just because I'm doing so many different stuff. Um, so, yeah, I do do coronavirus, coronavirus workouts. Nice, nice. Definitely what's up. While getting into your zone, though, while working out, which are some of your favorite artists, though, that you um listen to when you um get into your workout mode? Uh, Jay Z, really. Ah, oh, my man. Nice. When I first started working out, I would listen to heavy metal. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was 16, 17, and people were yelling in your ear, "This hype." So I would listen to heavy heavy metal. But then I started listening to Kanye West, Jay Z, um, Eminem, um, really anybody that's just has some has some good beats in the background. And that's just spitting, you feel me? Right now, I feel like Jay-Z is a perfect workout too, no matter what. Especially like old school Jay-Z, but I think he was like, you know, a little more aggressive. Yeah, I'm a fiend when it comes to Jay, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. Definitely good for now. What about some modern time artists like today that you kind of like listen, listening to on workout? Um, during the workout, who I listen to? Honestly, the last time I worked out, I was listening to A Boogie. A Boogie's my favorite artist, but it's kind of hard to work out with. Yeah, true. Um, he do got some some hype songs. Um, what else? Who else? Modern day. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get roasted for this, but I'll be listening to Six Nine because he be yelling all the time. Um, if it's for workout purposes, and yeah, like, whatever. It, it's, it's hype. It's hype music, so you really can't you can't judge anybody over hype music. It is what it is. Yeah, so I listen to him sometimes. Um, who else? Big Sean. Sounds good, yeah. Um, that's that's really all I can think of. Or I'll just go on Spotify and put on a random playlist and just go from there. So it'll be a bunch of anybody. Got you. Also getting to some personal stuff. Um, we we went to the do rag stuff in fashion pretty much. What are some famous? What are some like brands you like to wear? Like that that's not gym stuff. That stuff you just want to wear out whenever you go out. Um, honestly, I look like a bum when I wear sweatpants. <laughs> Same, bro. Sweatpants and hoodies. I don't even buy sneakers. I don't buy clothing. The only brands that I would buy, I don't think I have any designer. I accidentally bought a pair of Yeezys. Um, accidentally? Have, yeah. Accidentally. I always say it. People like, how do you accidentally buy Yeezys? Yeah. You know, like when the raffle, um, the um, Steve's is coming out, you kind of, you put your mm-hmm. name, address, and you put your credit card, and if you win it. Right, right, right. Oh, know, wow. Okay. I, I didn't think I would win. I got an email that said I won, and $200 was taken out of my account. I was like, oh, okay. So um, I have I never really wanted these. Like, I really haven't worn them yet. I think I took a picture holding one from my head. Yeah. Um, but brands, I I like Balenciaga. Balenciaga is a cool brand. Yeah. I'm wearing I'm wearing some track pants right now from them, bro. There's so, some old yeah, school ones. We're on the same page. See, um, yeah. If I did, well, when I do splurge myself with some um, designer stuff, it would definitely be Balenciaga, um, Balmain. I'm not really a Gucci person. Um, or a Louis person, I just never was a fan. Uh, but Balenciaga, I mean, I walk with those two brands. 
I mean, a Mary, a Mary right now is, is going like crazy right now. But yeah, I stick to my throwbacks. I, I also wore a lot of ball made back in the day. But um, I'm almost, I'm almost just like um you, bro. I kind of cut down on all of that and kind of just you see me almost like Bumby twenty four seven. Honestly, you wouldn't even know it's me. Yeah. Yeah, with me, it's mostly, like, just simple stuff. If it looks good, it looks good. I think it's, like, more of, like, how you rock stuff instead of, like, like the quality of stuff that you get for the most part. Because you can have Gucci on everything. So, it looks like a bum. It looks worse than a bum, I guess. Like, it depends how you rock it. Absolutely. Thanks. And even, um, I like comfort. I like being able to be comfortable. So, oh, me too. Yeah, definitely. They look cool, but if I can't be in it for two, three hours or be comfortable in it for two, three hours, I don't rock it. So. Yeah, now, jeans add to be doing something, like, Going out to eat or chilling with somebody, like, like go to a party, like like some like go to an interview, do something like it. I should be like being doing something. I'm not gonna wear jeans around the house. Like that makes no sense. Like why would I do it to myself? I'm not gonna wear jeans to run to the post office. It's a regular thing. I'm gonna just be comfortable. You feel me? Who are some yeah. of the YouTube artists that you're thinking about or would want to collaborate with? Um, people ask me that all the time. Um, I kind of stopped watching YouTubers when I became because I never wanted to get influenced by any of them. I didn't never want to steal any ideas. And I noticed, like me personally, I react very quickly. So if I watch a video or a YouTuber for a bit of my time, I'm gonna start talking like them. And <laughs> I don't want to do that, so I kind of stopped watching a lot of YouTubers. YouTubers that I used to like a lot. Um, I just watched DDG back when he was um, in college uh, for Essence. Well, kind of with Essence, all that stuff. So I used to watch DDG. I want to say I was. I mean, he's like. Uh, Dave Foss is hilarious. Right. Absolutely. I feel like that would be cool to clap him. Who else? Um, Pootie. I don't know if you know who Pootie is. Um, yeah. He's funny. Um, I would want to clap him. And then some, also some workout people. Um, Christy Guzman. Um, cool dude. Very, he's smart dude. Business minded. Um, he's just, he's a cool dude to hang out with. Another, um, a YouTuber called the Online Coach. She's also a workout person. Um, he also is that's definitely I want to collaborate, sit down, talk to, even just like learn from. Um, but yeah, that's really top people that come to my mind right now. What are some OG YouTubers that you remember, like maybe seeing growing up? Because I know, I know for me, for example, um, oh, what's his name? Ryan Higa was a big one. I used to love Ryan Higa's um Ryan Higa's videos. Like he was like one like the OG like, right, YouTube um, comedians, and even like Shane Dawson, like um, who else? Um, Tim Chenderatsu, he changed his name recently. His name was, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Timothy Delgado. Like, you know, people like that were definitely, like, you know, way ahead of the time when it came to this whole YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, definitely, Niga Higa, that dude was hilarious. Yeah, I bro, used to, he was the best. Love watching him. Um, even the, who else? Chris Move. I don't know if you guys know who that is. I've heard of Chris Move. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Move, OG dude. Um, also, every now and then I'm listening. Yeah, Chris Smooth waiting on the move. Uh-huh. I remember all his. I remember all his little sayings. Um, Chris Smooth. This is also this one guy. Um, he made the mistletoe kissing on the mistletoe prank. Um, oh, I, I know his. I know. It, I know the face. I just don't know his name. Yeah, know is it is it Trav Q? No, 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 um, no, right? No, I forget his name, but yeah, him. Um, let's see some of the OGs. Of course, everybody had a phase when they watched PewDiePie. Um, I watched PewDiePie. I remember the only time I watched PewDiePie, I was really sick one time. And I was in my bed. I couldn't do nothing. I was probably 14, 15. And I just binge watched PewDiePie. And it was the best time of my life. So um, PewDiePie, of course, is a big OG on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's really the only ones I can think of right now. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so before we go, let's see, um, we have a couple questions before we let you go. Um, 2020 has been like a very rough year, obviously, not only because of COVID, but we've lost so many people, such as um, Juice World, Kobe, and Pop Smoke, and Will Fred the Godson, uh, hip hop artist, just passed away today, I think, from coronavirus. Um, out of all those celebrities, like which one kind of hit you hard, the hardest for the most part? Or surprised uh, you the most? At first, with Juice World, uh, I was at church. It was a Sunday he passed. I was at church. Um, I looked at my phone. And I was like, Dang, that I love Juice World. Juice World was absolutely amazing. And then Kobe, Kobe was the worst. Kobe was the worst. Yeah, Kobe, absolutely horrible. Like, um, I don't know. It was, it was, it was just something else. Like, 
I was having a conversation with my cousin before, like who would have to die. This was a while ago, maybe like a couple months before any of this happening. I was like, who, or we was like, who is the one person of our generation who, if they died, the whole world would go crazy? And we couldn't think of somebody. We were saying like, oh, Will Smith, something like that. Because, yeah. um, you know, like this generation when Michael Jackson died, we basically said, who's the Michael Jackson of our generation? Generation. Right. So right. The person of our generation, if they die, the whole world would go crazy. And like after Kobe died, and that like the first thing Michael Jackson of the heart. Yeah. yeah, it was the whole world was hysterical. Yeah, man. So, so um, before we sign off, though, um, Juvia, tell us um a little bit of um what you got going on in the future. What are some of your ventures? And because you know, 2020 is officially canceled, bro. You know, we got we got reports that this. Things gonna drag on till the fall. It's getting crazy out here. Yeah. Um, future. How, how much in the future are we talking about? A year? Five years? Let, <laughs> let, I mean, let, let's let, let's talk like five months, five six months, because no one knows what's gonna happen. Next yeah. Year. So let's say like, what's what's up? What's next for you with these next next five to six months? Five six months. I'm moving out to Florida. Um. So that's definitely nice big for me. Um. Cause I live in no taxes. Yeah, no income tax. Um, but yes, yeah, so I live in Jersey. All my family is in Jersey. I don't know nobody in Florida except like some friends. Um, so I have no family in Florida, so I'm moving really across. Um, so that's something that's gonna be happening. Also, I'm be starting a whole other channel, a more lifestyle channel with more vlogs and everything like that. But nice. That too. I'll be stripping. A bunch as well. Um, so that's like five months. Um, yeah. Heard awesome. you, bro. I think it sounds good. Um, one more question, though. You feel the Florida venture is going to help out the vlogging because, you know, it's more sunshine, more beaches, more kind of like it's nice 24 7. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to kind of like vlog more of like a, like a positive, happy, like lifestyle type of thing. Right. Um, personally, I guess it could, but the main thing that's going to make it even easier for vlogging is that I won't be in my parents' house and I can go anywhere I want at any time. Um, and I could just, I don't know, I'll just have more freedom. I could do whatever I want. Right. And that'll make Solid Vlog. Um, just randomly. But, um, well, here I can put it. When I move out, I could do whatever. I could start doing pranks on people before me. Yeah. Um, Valid prank. So, of course, the weather's gonna be good too. Um, beach vlogs, beach public reviews, all this stuff. Um, but yeah, the main thing I think is just like the freedom to have to do whatever the heck I want to do, honestly. And how's this, how's that living situation gonna work out? Are you gonna move in with people from your team or are you gonna move in by yourself? How's that gonna work? No, it's gonna be people by myself. Um, well, sorry, I said people by myself, it's gonna be me completely by myself. Um, nice. I'm trying to outsource um, shipping that I need to do. I only have to get down to Then, people that I work for, like I have, um, excuse me, three employees in the Philippines. So they're all remote either way. So I have virtual assistants all over the world. So it doesn't matter where I am, basically. So um, I would just be my, by myself. Uh, me and my cat, actually. Me and my cat, me and upstairs. So. Oh, nice. Is that a huge enough for you, though? Um, how so? Like, um, like are you gonna miss? Are you gonna miss the cold weather over here on the East Coast? Are you? What? No, no. That's the main reason I'm moving. I don't like the cold. I, don't I can't. You. My Jamaican, my Jamaican blood cannot take it. Um, Thanks. I can miss the cold. I'm not gonna miss the snow. Maybe I'll miss my family, but I've been with my family <laughs> past 20. Yeah, I can, I'll be all right. I hear you. Months. I definitely and hear you. You got FaceTime. Y'all can FaceTime me. Yeah. Week, once a year, whatever y'all want to do. Um, I'm, I'll miss friends, of course, but I'll make new friends. And they can go um, visit you. They would have a crew of Florida yeah. to go to, yeah. It's Florida. Everybody wants to go to Florida anyway. Exactly. Everyone so. goes for spring break anyway, so might as well go. And they actually have a crib. Yeah. Hell right, awesome. yeah. All right, so listen, man, we want to thank you again for um, joining us today. We'll drop all your info in the bio and everything. We wish you the best of luck within this time. Um, how about you drop your Instagram stuff, your YouTube stuff for all our, all our viewers? 
<laughs> yeah, give any start outs you want, bro. Um, definitely, this is, I haven't done a podcast in a long time. Uh, I really want to get into podcasts. This was absolutely amazing. Love talking to you guys. Those cool people. Thank you, um, my Instagram is at Juvier underscore J-O-O-V-I-E-R underscore. My YouTube is Juvier, J-O-O-V-I-E-R. I just recently hopped on the, uh, the TikTok week. You feel me? Renegade, Renegade, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, my is Juvier99. Um, you know, you type yourself some, some fire durags and I'll say durag.com. Tell yep, them. That I will cop one, but my hair is not like that. So. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. I have I have dudes that have afros that buy do rags and they don't wear them. Like I just wanted to support. So oh, I mean, that's, that's fire. That's fire. Now, I'll definitely send that to my friends who definitely rock do rags and all that. I got you. Facts, facts, facts. Um, yeah, it's been lit. I appreciate y'all having me on. Nah, man, definitely. Right, do you got anything else, oh, man? Bro, you you just made like my day because at first, like a week ago, when I told um Mateo that I landed you on the show. Like, he on the low couldn't believe it, but I was like, bro, this is a big deal. So, bro, thank you so much for having us, for being with us, and we wish you the best of luck, bro. Seriously. Yeah, make sure y'all send me the link, too. Definitely, bro. We got you. Got you.